You said programming it was hilarious because you're like, is party time? Yeah. <laughs> is party my, time. My variable names were very funny. If, it was is party hard. time. Yeah. Throw party. Yeah. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 189 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I am a, a daydreamer. I'm you know? Sam, and I'm drawing pictures all the time. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is February Force 2019. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's not for February. No, it's for brewery. For brewery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, before let's we started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity. All right, let's get started. That's good. Good. Mm-hmm. Sneak that one in there real yes. fast. Uh, we'd like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net for keeping our microphones piping hot via funneling uh, laundering money mm-hmm. right into our offshore bank accounts. We keep yeah. it super, real clean. Super yeah. helpful. We use, we use the heat from all of those, you know, those laundry those laundry dryer machines mm-hmm. to uh, keep our, our place warm. Yep, that's right. That's how money is laundered. Yep. All right, let's talk about life. The Super Bowl. The mm-hmm. Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. The big game. <laughs> I, I think you're not allowed to say it. Whoops. The big game? Yeah. They've got all kinds of trademark bullshit on it. And if you use the word... The word. Is it kind of like the Happy Birthday song where there, for like 100 years you couldn't sing it in like in a TV show or on the radio? Uh, maybe. Is it true? This is, yeah, this is until what, like two years yeah. ago. How, why would you do that? So this is what, of all things, <laughs> you know, money, money grabbing. Well, whose money are you grabbing? You're not grabbing anybody's money. You're I just mean, stopping people from singing happy birthday. Yeah, you're preventing kids from being able to sing happy birthday. Well, I, I guess that's a, it's an honorable cause. Yeah. You know? Actually, it literally was illegal every time you sang happy birthday. Yeah. So we might need, we might need to have a fat bark go back and bleep, bleep out <laughs> that I didn't say the, so this is why people call it the big game whenever they're talking about it elsewhere, because- you can't actually use the name of it. It's it's like a Voldemort. You can situation. also call it the superb owl. The superb mm-hmm. owl. Yeah, yeah. Okay. which is space in there. Which Boom. honestly, if there was a competing TV show called the superb owl, just about owls, just oh owls God. doing awesome shit. I would watch mm-hmm. the fuck out of that. Uh, so I would too because I watched the the big game this year, <laughs> uh-huh. and it was uh, it was it was just medium all around. Well, I think I, top to bottom. Top to bottom. Left the commercials, right. nothing happened. Yep. Nothing particularly good. Mm-hmm. Um, very uninspired. Mm-hmm. This was, I believe, somebody can correct me on this, but I believe this was the lowest scoring Super Bowl game of all time. Yes. Really? Was, yeah. Of all were, time? Yes. yes. There were no touchdowns scored until the last, like, four the last quarter. And what? then one. And then just one. It was, ju- it was two field goals around like well, halftime. Who, who were the teams? It was the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are the from New England, and nobody knows where specifically. They just it's roam just around. New England. They just the nomadically roam around yeah. in the Northeast, it's playing in it's random fields. Why they're so powerful? They have such a large region to pull from. Yeah, yeah it's kind of unfair. Um, and then it was the Los Rams. Angeles Rams, formerly the St. Louis. Rams. Wasn't that just last year they were the St. Louis Rams? Or was that two? That was twenty fifteen. Oh, yeah. oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Shit. four years ago. Mm-hmm. Really? It was that long ago? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a big controversy here. Uh, yeah, and so. Here in St. Louis, this was a big deal because apparently people are supposed to be mad about the Patriots for a bunch of reasons. And mm-hmm. people are also supposed to be mad about the Rams for a bunch of other reasons. Yep. Mostly because they left St. Louis. Right. Because I remember this. What they did was they said uh, the city, all the taxpayers of St. Louis need to funnel a fuck ton of money into a new stadium because this stadium is not good enough for us. Yes. And then the taxpayers. Everyone said, you haven't won anything. The taxpayers said, no. The taxpayers <laughs> were like, what about? 
homeless people? What about and all these actually, other no, things? No, that's not that what any of us said because the taxpayers don't give a fuck about any no, of that. It was true. How about you win some games? That was actually. <laughs> It was like you guys haven't you haven't invested in yourselves. You have your coach sucks like all this stuff. Yeah, and you they, suck. And then they're like fine. And then they moved to L.A. They got rid of their coach, got a new coach, and now they're doing good. Yeah. So yeah, but but they moved, they moved to L.A. with like the hundred other teams. That they are they're there. doing so well that they just lost the lowest scoring Super Bowl game <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Uh, so that happened. It did happen. I would was, I would say it serves them right, but I'm actually glad they left because I don't like how much money. It does cost a lot. Of I don't. I don't like the whole taxpayer to sports team relationship yeah, thing, and I, I would and like since, to have le- as little of that as possible. And since they've left, the startup community has really blossomed. That's true. Actually, there is a lot of money is going into new business <laughs> coincidence. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Correlation equals now, causation. Yeah, That's we're now like the, the like the in the top five food scenes in the country. Yep. A lot in of great St. restaurants Lewis? now. Yeah. Um, we've got a great new tech district that's popping up with all kinds of cool businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know what? LA, keep keep your keep fucking em. sports teams. Keep keep in fact, poach more of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the bowl itself was really boring because of this the lack owl. of the, the Basically, owl. they would just kind of like wiggle the ball around and then and punt then kick it. it. Yeah. Wiggle the ball around and like, punt it. There were nine punts. That was actually the longest, the longest punt in Super Bowl history. Oh, like 65 That's one of the most something. boring sentences I've ever heard it in is. my life. It, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was a long, then, we got a long they punt. kicked the ball real far to because they couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. My favorite part is so di- my wife and I had, an, uh, had a couple people come over and we told them like, oh yeah, we'll be right around 4.30, but you know, just come before the game starts. And so uh, we, Diana made a, just a mountain of fries out of like she cuts up potato wedges essentially right mm-hmm. and they're so delicious so, so she finished these so they you came both out ate them all well they came out at like 440 so we were already like okay well no one's here so you know i guess we'll, we'll kinda, just kind of snack we'll kind of nibble a little bit and watch some <laughs> pregame stuff and then before everyone got there around like 5 5 15 but before everybody got there we had just decimated this was like eight potatoes <laughs> we had eaten like half of it before everyone arrived and then just sort of looked at each other we we're like giggling the whole time because we we're like we know we shouldn't be Consuming all the food that we've made for our guests. You know, <laughs> Sam, I came in, I came in the office this morning. I was like, something seems off about Sam. He seems huger than he's got. The, <laughs> he's got the aura of a man who ate four potatoes. I was feeling very powerful. <laughs> what can I say? The you root vegetable. Partake of the soul of the potato. Yeah, they got good soul. Mm, it's a, yeah, it's a root vegetable. You know, mm-hmm. Root has a very powerful connotation mm-hmm. in computer science. Connects you to the earth, connects you to the you know root directory. Yeah, it gives you, it gives you all the power. Yeah. yeah. And dirt. There's dirt. dirt down there. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Adam's full sleeve tattoo that he got. Surprise. Got a, last week. After after last podcast episode, that which was on we recorded on a Monday. And that and I'm then, like, peace, I'm getting the tat. And then, and then he was uh, gone. Although I was here for the whole workday first. Right, until, aside from that. Until yeah. five. Yeah. Uh, so then I took off and I got a tattoo. I just told, I just told my – I found the, the artist in St. Louis that from based on Instagram who I was like, I think this is the best one, mm-hmm. you know, which – it's only based on whatever I see on Instagram, so that who knows if that's knows, true yeah. because that's not how reality works. He did do a good job. But he was super good, and uh, and I, it took me nine months to get in to see him. So I think I think it was worth it. But yeah, he so he got me a, a rad phoenix tattoo that mm-hmm. sort of covers my whole upper arm and goes down onto my forearm and comes up onto my shoulder. It's so big. It's pretty big. Uh, I would put pictures in the in the chat, but it's only an outline now because I got to fill it in on another session. It needs a glowing red demon eye. Yeah, I need yep. some cool shit. In and there, then it's so. done. Yep. Yeah. Um, so after it gets filled in at the end of February and then heals up because it'll be a probably a bloody, itchy, horrible mess. So what's the um, – Then I will put some pictures out. What's the story? So the phoenix has become sort of a family symbol because uh, 
largely because of Sam trying to die. Mm-hmm. And then somehow the Phoenix is like the whole like rebirth thing. And there was well, some like started, imagery involved. It started with dad, actually. Did dad start and it? And the dragon was my addition the dragon to was your it. thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it has become a weird sort of family. Yeah. And then it was also the sort of, it was the mascot of my school um, for uh, undergrad where I met my wife. Oh, I didn't know And that. so, so it's got some connotations there. Interesting. And, the uh, Phoenix, that's a dope ass mascot. Yeah. The one that we have though is like the old, like, like, uh, uh, middle ages oh, thing where its wings are like holding the book open or something. And then its you know? legs are in weird contorted sort of angles where it's like Wait, hold, it's holding wings, a leaf or it's something. Holding it's like a book up. It's a bird of fire. But it's like a bird. Yeah. You but you shouldn't put that in your books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's some kind of weirdness there. Uh, mm. I don't know. Um, so so <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a great logo or mascot. And actually, our mascot what was our fucking mascot. Our mascot was the Maroons. Like that was what our teams were called. Like you're stranded on, like on an island. <laughs> yeah, as, we're lost. In, it, was literally, it was just the color. Like the color was the our color. So I don't really understand how like mascots and things work because the school's sort of crest was this was this kind of weird but still kind of rad, you know, flaming like old timey phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, less flamey than just old timey, but mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, you know, all about learning, right? Oh, you and know then, what it was. And then our teams' things were all about a color, which I think is actually. For my school was an appropriate kind of thing too because they were like learning is awesome just like the Phoenix and sports is, is whatever it is. We'll just, <laughs> we're going to give this the lowest amount of thought. Yeah, right. Maybe they were going to call their sports team the Phoenixes but it just doesn't pluralize doesn't, yeah. very well. Uh, and they were like, I think it's Feenies. Yeah. Feenies. Feenies. They're like, that's not good. We're not <laughs> We're not attacked by a flock of Feenies. Feenies. Yeah. yeah. So then so then my so, – so I guess dad got a, his – Phoenix tattoo. Did, did, did both dads get it at the same time or did dad get, get it first? Uh, I think dad got it and then Kevin got it. Okay. And, yeah. So our dads got Phoenix tattoos very years ago now, yeah. just, like, close together. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty fun. That's, co- that's cool that we mm-hmm. now have that. Now a tradition has been born. And then uh, and I realized that, that kind of like tied to life in other kinds of interesting ways. Also so your wedding cake. Our wedding cake had, was, a uh, had a Phoenix on it. Um, and uh, so, so, yeah, so I wanted to have that done because I, I just wanted something – really awesome so i didn't want to have to put a lot of like effort into into thinking about it i just wanted to be able to walk in and say here's a cool thing that doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot because nobody knows what a phoenix looks like because it's it's you know it's mythical, mythical right and i just said i, I want to i want one that's not steeped in any tradition so just one that looks you know more hawk like than probably mm-hmm. anything else and just looks cool because that gives somebody a lot to work with where they can they're trying to make one thing not trying to a lot of not trying to tie a lot of stuff in right. where they can just kind of like go to town on it which is that want to happen so mm-hmm. that was pretty rad I, I feel, like the idea of a about it. family tattoo. Yeah. You don't well, hear, and then, hear about that very often. No, People are always like, oh, this is my grandmother's ring. You know, it's yeah. like, well, this is my grandmother's Phoenix tattoo <laughs> yeah. that I also have now. Yeah. Well, so I figured like, because the dads have it and now I have it. And so that I'm sort of like easing the transition into everybody else also getting it. I'll get one. So I'm down. Now Sam has to get one. Now I got to get one. Get yep. one. And we all got to get them. Yep. Seth has to get those laser eyes though. You're a little behind on that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you'll be that. <laughs> I guess get your notes. Yeah, you can't see your tattoos if you don't have laser eyes. So That's then, true. what's the point? That's mm-hmm. true. Because when I look, you know, I can't turn my head that far, and then it's outside the exactly. the window, it's outside the periphery, outside the periphery. There, yeah. I can only see clearly in a small rectangular area. In the middle damn vision. glasses. Yeah, I do hate how how if I'm trying to look at something in any angle, I need to basically turn my head like yeah. a like an owl. Like mm-hmm. I have to be pointing my face at it. Otherwise, it's otherwise you can't it's see just, it. It's just a blur fest. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's also talk about Sam's dog, Tiny Legs. Yep. I, that's, that's all you need to know. That's the dog's well, name, so, right? <laughs> Tiny Legs. So Yogi, Yogurt, uh, 
my wife and I's dog, and Diana took him for a run yesterday. It's been beautiful in St. Louis after being, you know, negative six degrees, whatever the hell it was uh, last week, 60 degrees over the weekend. And so she took the dog for a run. And of course, he's covered in fur currently. And so like a, like a big sort of bushy mass. He gets real. He gets real plumped up. Yeah. From all of his fur. And so to go for a run, his legs get dirty. So I come upstairs and uh, see Diana with a pitcher in the tub washing the dog, but only washing his legs. And because he's so fluffy up top uh, and she hadn't put any water on him and then just had watered his legs, they oh, became so- these <laughs> that like it was it was of such comical proportion that it was just like it was like stick popsicle stick leg dog with like a big fat so just kind a, of like maybe how a child would draw a sheep like, yes like a ball yeah. it was actually, with like little stick it was legs exactly like that poking out and then even after we dried them off they were still hadn't floofed out they yet. still had totally floofed out and then finally uh, my wife was like before the people came over it had been another hour or so and she looked at him I kind of giggled a bit. And she's like, you got you, you to gotta go take him back upstairs and blow dry his legs. Because, like, we, <laughs> we cannot introduce him to people with this like, creepy, This like, is our weird, d- creepy stick leg dog. <laughs> he is real heavy on top, uh, sort of a, heavy on top, lay on the bottom, sort of a mullet situation. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but it was so comical to look at. So it was just a, it was just a joy. Dogs, man. They bring they bring a lot. Uh-huh. They bring a lot to the it, table. They mostly bring their stupidity. Yes. Yep. It's know. the best. Yeah. Yeah. They make us all feel pretty it's good. Just, <laughs> going on. Delightful stupidity. All right. It's also, true. there's something about just animal dumbness that is just – It's wonderful. It is such a joy. Mm-hmm. But they're observe. also just – they're just happy to be here. Yeah. So, well, I think that's where a lot of their dumbness is. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter what happens. They're just happy. Mm-hmm. Just constantly. Yep. They got no – they got nothing going on. They got no problems. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about – podcast.bscotch.net, which is up and running. New and shiny. The new podcast page, which we've been talking about for years. thousand years. Um, Adam did it, and it's published. It's live. It's ready to go. Yeah, so last week we said it was in beta uh, and told you you had to go to like some weird beta website to actually see it, and then a bunch of you did, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we already have, I think, like 30 questions that people have put in there. So um, so so y'all did a great job of just seeing if it worked, because it seems to, Mm -hmm. at least well enough that we could burn the other one down. So uh, so that's going to be one of my first tasks this week. Is to re- it redirect all the addresses, burn down the old one, and just uh, and it will be reborn like a phoenix. Yes, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, yeah we'll just tell that fucker goodbye. Uh, <laughs> and as part of the podcast thing, we thought, how do we get uh, how do we get our Discord community more involved in the podcast? Mm-hmm. Maybe th- maybe through some juice box magic. Mm-hmm. So what? what yeah, have we so, done? so we decided to make a uh, a party throwing. I guess a, just a. a a podcast listening party event that mm-hmm. Juicebox would throw. Uh, so I wrapped that up at the end of the week and got it out and running, uh, which is basically on on an arbitrary schedule that we can just you know settle on. Um, then a command comes through the pipes and tells Juicebox, "Hey, it's time to throw a party." Mm-hmm. And so I said programming it was hilarious because you're like, "Is party time?" Yeah, <laughs> is party time. My, my variable names were very. Fun. If it was very is party time? Yeah, throw party. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was it was uh and so i added it so that before it comes in he like gives you a 30 minute heads up and he's like hey you know here's the episode we're gonna play you know blah blah and then at 10 minutes before he then gives you another thing where he's like hey just a reminder it's coming up in 10 minutes here's the description of this episode so you kind of know what you're getting into mm-hmm. and there's like a three minute heads up it's like go put your headphones on and go over to the fucking channel so you can hear it and then finally he just tells you that it's in uh, so I currently have it scheduled for, cause I was trying to, we have a time zone problem, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that people, if they want to participate in this thing, 
have the opportunity to. And but now we're in this weird spot where the more it happens, the less anybody gives a shit. Yes. Right. It's not but special the, if it's happening right. all the time. But the less it happens, the fewer people who possibly could participate because people have work and people are in different mm-hmm. time zones. And yeah. so you take those two things together and for any given hour of the day, some tiny fraction of people can actually, yep. even if they wanted to even do this, uh, which we didn't, I didn't really think about this until I'd already made this thing. And then I was like, I'm not even sure this is going <laughs> to work. I, I think it'll work once we have like a lot of people in that. Mm-hmm. In uh, yeah. To me, it was kind of a, it's a future proofing thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be useful once once Levelhead goes live and yeah, and we're driving people into the podcast. So we need, yeah. System. So one thing we'll need to after after we had this thing up and running, it's clear that we just have way too many way too many podcasts. There are two parties. parts. He, he he says too many things in the chat. Yeah, four four announcements is just too many. Yeah, he should just give you the thirty minute heads up and then tell you it started. Yeah. Like that's it. Uh, and four times a day because I'm doing it every six hours. So I figured that was like a good spread, you know, to kind of hit all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's four times a day, and and also he plays random episodes. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we'll need to we'll need to kind of figure out like what do people want to hear and when do they want to hear it and how do we kind of because we only we only like you said we only want to do the minimum so that it's a special thing that people yeah. sort of like come together to listen yeah. to. Yeah, well, on the on the day of the podcast, he plays like the new one. Yeah, right? but then outside of that, what should he be doing? I figure because there's only someone to listen to all of them. Then that's what that's what you know listening tools are for, right? Like either either podcast.bscash.net because that, that thing actually lets you just binge them if you want to. Yeah, it's uh, more or you're listening just, with the or group. You're at. Yeah, but if you want to listen with a group, you know, what are you trying to accomplish there? Because people are going to be coming in that'll be new to the whole system at any given moment. Most people who get in the podcast will actually just go listen to it on their own anyway. And so, so to me, the purpose of of these sort of like of these listening parties is to introduce the new episode is, is a very mm-hmm. obvious one. Yep. Uh, or to just to play things that people otherwise wouldn't have heard or have heard, but now get the chance to listen to with other people. Right. right? And so to me, that's where like, it makes sense to have a random episode, it's but just maybe like, not, just not that frequently. Yeah, on, on podcast day, we do the new one and then maybe like maybe on the weekend, weekend yeah. Yeah. on a Saturday yeah. or Sunday, we do yeah. some other, yeah. basically just random draw. Yeah. And then we could yeah. do like two a day on the weekends yeah. or something. Just so to back it up to make sure people understand Juicebox actually streams the audio into Through Discord. Yeah. the Discord. So he goes into one of the voice channels and you yeah. just, you just, so people can all listen simultaneously and then, and then chat about it, which is super yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the, the intent behind it was basically to just say, instead of people just listening by themselves, mm-hmm. they can listen with other people and then talk about what's going on in the episode and stuff like that. So it, there's some kinks we're working out. It's yeah. a little, it's a little it too fun. much. Very cool. Yeah. And it was mostly, I wanted to just have it done and out over the weekend so I could just kind of see what would happen so that we could then, cause you know, it's all about, the DevOps way, small batch, deliver mm-hmm. it, get some, iterate, get some iteration mm-hmm. in so you can get a sense of what's going turns on. Out, it's not going to be perfect. First time. Turns out yeah. First try. You just party too much. You know? just party partying. too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's true of life. You it know, is. when you first get started, you just true. party yeah. way too you much. Get to call, yeah, you get to college, like you're, you're free for the first time, party mm-hmm. way too much, mm-hmm. learn way too little. And then you go off in the world, not knowing how to do anything because you spent so much time partying. Yeah. And then you still just party too much. Probably yeah. You're like, we gotta you take die. this. And you're like, we gotta take this down to Wednesday mornings and weekends. That's <laughs> yeah. That's when we're gonna party. Yeah. Um, the juice box way. Yes. Uh, all right. I want to talk about Notion. Notion. I got a Notion. Notion. Notion.so. Yeah. I don't even. I didn't even, I didn't even know that was a top level. Notion. Dot so. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's that. Uh, probably I, because they want they really wanted the word notion, and so they had to find like the one remaining top level domain that wasn't taken. So this is what is this thing? This is a it's a web tool that sort of supplants everything, or rather, it eats everything. Yeah, I think it's like it because uh, you can also import from all the other. Yeah, so so, so we've been we're using it essentially as a knowledge uh, repository for the studio, where you can put documentation, you can put. Or, you know, next pieces of a project that need to be ironed out, that sort of thing. 
Um, basically, things that don't make sense to put in Trello, and also that might be institutional knowledge for the studio. We found this tool and just started kind of putting stuff in it. But the crazy thing about it is that it can put you, you could use it as a Trello board. Yeah, I'm not sure even how to talk about it. It's like you if, if you're using if you're used to something like Google Docs, right? For for you to make a new file or, or Microsoft Office Word or whatever else, uh, you have to choose the format of the file, right? You have to say, okay, I'm making a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, making a PowerPoint or making a Word document. Right, or I'm opening up this program to do that, and it only does this suite of things. Notion is super weird because you can just drop in uh, basically any kind of thing anywhere. So, yeah, you, can so you, can, you can make a document and then just be like, I want to put a database in here. And you just and you're like, plop boom. in a, you know, a spreadsheet, but the spreadsheet is – Behaves like a Airtable database, yeah. right? Yeah, or you'll be like, I want, I want a calendar here, and then yeah. you put the calendar there, and it's a fully interactive calendar. And then you'd be like, I want to also link to a list view of all of the events happening in this calendar, and then you can embed that. And then you're like, wait a second, I actually want to put a whole bunch of calendars inside of a inside of a, a table. In, in a, yeah, in a different calendar. I want to yeah. put a calendar in this calendar, and then in that calendar, yeah. have a table full of calendars. Yeah, yeah. you can literally do you that. Can, yeah. <laughs> and it's so. We, all of us have been it's looking an, at it's it. It's very mind-bending. We can't figure out how they built it. Because well, it's, it's, it's basically so, – they just have the idea that like everything is completely modular and that data is data. It, well, they call everything a node, right? So everything is – it's like just – it's no, everything is just a node in a big graph where like things are nested and that's like – that's how it behaves. But somehow they figured out a way to do that. Yeah. And, and really if you think about like a calendar or a list or a table or whatever, these are all – these are all just ways of viewing information, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so their approach is basically like a document is a just a database that is a, a column of paragraphs, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, every every entry in the database is a paragraph of text, uh, and you should be able to just like, for example, one of the things you can't do in typical word processing is just grab a paragraph and put it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got to be like, oh, you select it, paste copy. It. Yeah, in, in Notion, you can just do that. You just fucking right. move it, right? Or like we said, insert a calendar in between paragraphs or yeah. or add a Kanban board into yeah. your Word document. Um, yeah, so you can do all of this stuff. It's so strange. It's so we've been we've been playing around with this thing. Yeah, I found it. it there was an article uh, that was actually worth looking into for people in general by uh, the CodePen team. So CodePen mm-hmm. is that fun. Uh, they, they basically – they do a whole bunch of stuff for web-related development, but they're kind of – their big thing is they have a place where you can – set up a pen is what they call it. But it's this idea where you can write up some code that is now publicly visible. You can just share it with somebody else that shows you the outcome of that code in another panel. And you can so edit it too. You right? can edit it too yeah. and see like the live, and it, but it's like really deep. So, so normally you couldn't just go into a website and be like, I want to see how view works. A view is an entire framework, right? But you can go into a code pen and you can be like uh, load view and you just like tell it that's a prereq. And then you start typing view commands and all of a sudden yeah. you can see the result. So it's this really cool thing that they, that they've done. And, but it's, so it's very like fancy web tech and they were an article. I think their team is like 18 people or something. Mm-hmm. It's not very big. And there was this big, big article in medium that was, that was all of the web tools that we pay for or all the, all the mm-hmm. things we subscribe to or whatever. Yeah. Right. And they just, and so I was going through this list cause I was like, this is super useful for me as a, you know, as a, the one person in our shop running web tech where I have no idea like what other people out in the world are doing. Um, Cause it also, they told, they told the costs of everything like, and what they use all the things for. And so for example, they spend, they said like $18,000 in AWS servers every month. Mm. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, hopefully we do not end uh, up at that point, but of course we're not doing things like, like they're doing, yeah. but then I could see kind of like what scale means. Right. Yeah. So, so still useful there. And then one of the tools they had like halfway down, was was this notion thing that they that they mentioned? They said, "Oh yeah, we we've started to use this more and more for just our internal you know documentation of stuff." And so I opened it up to check it out, and immediately it was like, "This is 
I could see there was just so much it's under the surface of that yeah. that I kind of actually just like left immediately because I they, didn't want to. They do have some templates and stuff, but otherwise, do, yeah. uh, it's actually interesting. They have to me they have the least number of sort of tutorials and help things. Yeah, that I've but actually. It's all pretty seen. intuitive. It's pretty intuitive. It's fairly intuitive, but there is something that makes it that because you can just do anything. There's sort of a paralysis yeah. you get. Yeah. You kind of feel like is this. Am I doing it right? Doing it right? Yeah. yeah. But they do a bunch of those templates that you can basically just start with and then drop in. It's like we use one of those to for our sort of studio dashboard thing, which you know keeps track of 401k and all that other stuff. We just sort of grabbed one. We haven't filled it out yet, but now we have – there's just a structure that's already there. We yeah. But it was so easy. So once we actually started to play with it and get over that hump of the sort of the paralysis where you're just yeah. like, fuck, I don't, I don't know how to start. Once you start, it's just so easy to manipulate stuff in there that it becomes – Unimportant. Well, so you guys you also added custom icons to stuff. So we have like our our studio icons are like some of the little icons next to pages and things. Yeah, yep. uh, and they also and they and they did a good job. It's very. I mean, it's just very you know like future web two point kind of crazy. Because like if you if you put an icon as the main icon on a page and then you load that page directly, then now that changes the favorite icon in your browser. Mm -hmm. And like they do the whole, which did make me confused for a while. Yeah, because I, know, I yeah. couldn't tell where the Notion tab was because yep. the icon of the it's tab shifting. on Chrome changes <laughs> yeah, depending to, on what to page you're looking is. at. Uh, but it, but yeah, it's just it's just some of that super dynamic, you know, single page web app stuff that uh, that that very very modern um, websites are starting yeah. to do. But they're just like they're really is this web really is this it. web three point Is that what this I, is? I guess I don't it's know. something else. Where they're just like, like just whatever, guys. Yeah. Data is data. Just do shit yeah, with it. Doesn't it. matter. It's crazy. Although one of my favorite parts of it is so they don't have an open API yet, which is my the only thing that makes the only beef. it to me is a bummer. Um, though suppose it's on the roadmap and they're working on it. Um, but I, I love, so, so they're already doing this like fancy stuff, right? Presumably just like a normal restful API, I would imagine. Uh, but then they were like, well, let's not, let's not stop there. Let's also do real time, like WebSocket stuff where things are just like, you're directly communicating back and forth between the server all the time. Mm. So that if Sam and Seth are looking at the same document, we can just show their little head icons next to the yeah. line that their mouse is on. Right. So that you can then go in and you're like, okay, well, so you share a document with somebody and then you open it up. And then you just see people's heads like moving up and down yep. on the Looking side of this stuff. document. And then it also it's shows awesome. like at the top, it'll show the heads, the little avatars of all the people who have looked at that document yeah. before. Mm -hmm. um, every document has full revision history or of you, all kinds. You can add comments on anything you, you want. You can add comments yeah. and assign things to people whole, like resolve discussion. It's like as soon as you – because there, there's some there's some layers of this where it's just like, okay, you, you treat data arbitrarily and you let stuff nest arbitrarily and you set up for some rules about how it's presented. Like there's – that would be very hard to do, but I, I get it conceptually. I can yeah. kind of see ways that I might do it. But then as soon as you start adding in, oh, yeah, also infinite revisions, mm -hmm. which is one of the hardest things in the universe to deal with, then the moment you add in something like that, I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this I can't, even, I can't even get it. <laughs> yeah. It's an impressive piece of software. It's really cool. And so, yeah, if, if, if you're looking for something to kind of, in our case, handle internal documentation or really just kind of, you know, keep your notes together. Uh, might be some good. It's also out. Markdown friendly, which is mm -hmm. to me super super important. So it's Notion. And it has dark mode, which is even mode. more important than anything else. Yes. in the world. But it does not sync that across your devices. So on every device you boot mm -hmm. it up on, you have to set it. You will be blind for temporarily about yeah. a minute. So yeah, Notion. Bad, Notion. Dot so. And if Check anybody from Notion is listening. Please uh, implement that API ASAP yep. so we can. And you can just mail the sponsorship uh, money, oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, over to us, whatever, whenever, you know, whenever's convenient for you. <laughs> uh, all right. Last bit of uh, discussion before we hit questions is the Epic Store. Let's talk yeah. about it. A uh, bunch still cruising. Bunch more games are are bailing on Steam, becoming exclusives. Yeah, on the Epic Store. So this, this happened last 
week, I believe, I'm pretty yeah. sure, which the was Metro. Metro. Yep. So Metro Exodus, which is a big, uh, basically a AAA title that is kind of like the Fallout series um, in terms of, you know, you shoot stuff, it's in a wasteland. That sort of thing. Very different vibe. But <laughs> very sort of it's about, in, very know. kind of innovative, groundbreaking uh-huh. sort of a setting <laughs> yeah. never seen before. Um, but they have their next huge game coming out. It's called Metro Exodus. And this is a pretty popular franchise that I think has just been on Steam. I don't know if it's on Xbox and stuff too. Maybe I think it's, it's on, on console. Maybe I think it is. Um, so it's got a pretty big fan base. And they had been doing pre-orders through Steam. And then – so in other words, they've, they've collected – some number of you know sales already. There's really quite a few because I mean, it's like any of those AAA games are popular, sell a lot of pre-orders. Yeah. And so they were doing that, and then they just announced last week. Oh, actually, we're not going to launch on Steam. We're just launching on the Epic Store. Uh, well, of course, you know, we'll we will if honor you, your purchase. Yeah, so they'll still deliver it to you on Steam if you've pre-ordered it, but they're right. not selling it to anybody yeah. else. Well, no, they'll no. I think they'll deliver it. Is it on Steam? Still on Steam, yeah. Okay. Which is, so so far, what all the companies that have abandoned Steam have done is they've said, uh, you know, if people have already bought the game there. Then they'll say, we'll we'll continue to we'll still publish the game here, you know, through to you, right? Because you still you'll still get a key and the whole thing. We just won't be selling any additional copies. Basically. Interesting. Yeah. So they mo- they basically moved to Epic. Well, and and they dropped the price by ten dollars. By ten dollars. So it went from a sixty dollar game to a fifty dollar game. Yeah. Which so you- which on the one hand I could totally get because they're they're basically saying like, hey, and this is probably a deal they had with Epic, I imagine, but they're saying, you know, hey, like Epic's cut with us because it's so much less than on Steam. We could knock the price of the game down a lot and still, and make, still, more make, money. And still make more money. Yeah. And so we can, so they're so they're passing that on to their customer base, which is which except is for, which is a cool move, but except for all those people who fucking pre ordered on yeah, Steam for but 60 I think I think it does ease the it, to me, it does ease the edge for people who are looking forward to buying it and haven't bought it yet. Yeah, because right. now – and I think that's probably part of it cheaper, too, right? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah right. Because they weren't – because nobody actually passes the savings on to the customer. No, nobody fucking does not. that. Uh, but it's, it's a really good <laughs> – it's a really good thing to signal to people to sort of like claim that it's that's what will. we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but especially, yeah, if, you, if you're going to – if you're gonna basically going to abandon your player base in one context and try to migrate them somewhere else, if you can give – because if, if all they did was just move and that was it uh, – that would be a significantly larger uproar than the uproar that they already got. Yeah. Uh, because, but although, but the weird thing was, even though, like, to me, that was a big deal that they knocked the price down that much. Yeah. That's but crazy. nobody was talking about it. Like, yeah. I never saw, I saw a lot of players ranting, like, a lot of it. Just about the fact that they moved. About the fact that they moved. But I didn't see any of those players at all even, even reference the fact mm-hmm. that it was going to be cheaper. What's so interesting about this, I read a really good, there's a really good mm-hmm. breakdown of this whole, all this sort of like the exclusive things are going on between Epic and Steam and, uh, on games industry and the point that the guy made which i thought was fantastic was that all of the sort of you know rattling about people about the exclusives hurting consumers makes perfect sense if you're talking about consoles yeah because you have to buy a whole console you have to buy a 400 to 500 dollar piece of yeah. hardware in order to play the damn game um but when you're talking about a launcher that is free the that on is the actually not platform. true anymore yeah. it is actually just not true and so this whole like oh they moved it. it's like fuck them like you yeah know. you can freely download the epic launcher yeah, it, at actually, any time it, it costs you literally nothing yeah. and so uh that which is still a big part of the thing people are screaming about well in this case like, oh, it costs you negative ten dollars because yeah. you're yeah but i think but the thing that was this was the problem is like from as a from a business perspective that's co- that's totally true right yeah but when you're a when you're a player who's like super invested in a platform and uh, you have to you, like the thing is like you don't get to just be invested in a platform. You have to do it by also being sort of disinvested in, in, yes. in, in other platforms, yeah. right? But if you look at the amount of hate people have for the Epic Game Store, like that's actually and, and, and Epic is actually sort of feeding it by doing this exclusives thing mm-hmm. because again, like from a business perspective and from a, just like to. a rational perspective, you're right, it doesn't actually matter, right? Uh, but from the player perspective, where you know 
if Epic came out and did some other, some different stuff entirely, like, like approach things really differently, they could be building goodwill with a community and potentially instead, right? But that probably wouldn't be sufficient to move players yeah. over. That's what Discord did. That's what Discord did, right? Yeah. It's just not sufficient. So they kind of had to do it this way. It just is what it is. Um, but players, they just don't see it that way. And also because players are, you know, they, they get into these, they start to, to get into your camp. To, they start to foment, you know, and they, they hang out with each other and talk about the same talking points over and over again. And so what, what happened very quickly, because I was checking out like Reddit threads over the weekend to kind of see what people were saying about this. Well, there's your first mistake. But uh, yeah. But, but it is like, <laughs> but not because I wanted to participate, because I yeah. wanted to see what people were talking about, yeah. right? Uh, and and the thing that basically became common knowledge amongst all the people who are pissed off about this, because they want reasons to be pissed, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they don't like it, but now they're looking for reasons to be angry about it. Because by default, there's nothing to be really angry about. But if you can find some reasons, now you can start to sort of right. feed on that. And so they did very quickly because Tencent owns 40% of Epic, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And and people are very upset by this because now, of course, they're like, I don't want to have to give up my personal information to a company that's partially owned by basically the Chinese government, right? It's sort of like – That's where they want to take it. That's the, really? the place they want to take really? it. Because, right? well, again, they need a reason to be – Do they have League of Legends accounts? Probably. Probably, Probably a lot of them. Yeah. Do they go to AMC theaters? <laughs> Probably. 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 <laughs> yeah, well, buddy, again, that ship said a long yeah, time ago. This isn't, about, this isn't about being rational, right? This is about needing to – Well, this is about saying like I've got my Steam library. I'm invested. I've got yeah. – I've, I've been on that platform for a long time. And this someone's is a, providing this is a an change. inconvenience. It's a change. People yeah. don't like change. That's fine, right? And and I also I, I get the knee jerk response and stuff too because like because now there's just like a slightly inconvenient thing you have to do and my my default response also is to be like well that's that's annoying that I, I have to take do that. four minutes to yeah. do a new thing yeah, yeah. Um, or I don't have to like switch no launchers are open or whatever me. yeah because it is because that's, that's not what it's about for people right it's yeah. about convenience it's about yeah. being part of a tribe and all that so so I actually I, I totally understand this response that's happening because it's not it's it, the problem is if you're a business person like looking for like but we didn't even do anything like that that actually impacts people in a negative way that's True from a business and financial yeah, yeah. perspective, it's not right? An emotional truth, but it's but not it's, true yeah. from the emotional truth at all. And when you are making an emotional product, which is what entertainment products yeah. are, uh, then people get emotional. People get emotional about it, and, and you and you don't get to just say like this doesn't make any sense how you're responding. You don't you don't get to do that. So I do say my favorite thing is that is that they are review bombing Metro on Steam. Now, yeah, the review bombing is, Metro, all the other Metro games. On yeah, Steam. which is a very amusing because this is. This is part of the reason that people want to leave Steam. Yeah, part of the reason yeah. devs want to leave because they're yeah. like, this has nothing to do with the quality of the game. It doesn't. Yeah, especially we, the past two games that are yeah, already out. So like, we yeah. actually got review bombed on Steam as well. Yep. Uh, when we released Crashlands in China, we did not have the Chinese uh, translation on Steam. It was mm-hmm. only available on the Chinese platform that we launched on on Wii Game, and there were a number of Chinese players on Steam who had already bought the game. And then they were upset that they would, in order to get the Chinese translation, they would have to go get it on this other platform. And so uh, they expressed themselves in the only way that Steam lets them, which is give us a huge number of thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. Which which ended up being our sales dramatically for for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, And uh, But it was actually something that we needed. Like we needed to know that we had a Chinese player base on Steam who really wanted that Chinese Mm -hmm. translation. Uh, because we didn't, there was other, there was actually no way for us to really know that otherwise, right? And yeah, so but it certainly sucked. could have happened without nuking our income from <laughs> from more about Well, I mean, maybe, right? If, if there was someone like, but what other method could there have been, right? Yeah, this yeah. is the only one that was available. That's, yeah, so so yeah. like, as, as frustrated as I was at the time that that was happening, like I also completely got it, like because yeah, we fucked over our players in that context, right? Well, and also, not, not not willfully, but it was actually because of the the deal that we that we had with WeGame, which is that they owned the translation, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I think it's – yeah, I just – I think there's 
this this idea, this whole rational consumer thing. I mean, you just have to that throw that fucking thing out the yeah. window because it has it has never been true in any context anyway. Yeah. But especially when you have products that drive people emotionally, you got to be. Well, no, super, I, super I think I think people people are acting rationally on the in the not in the under economic the, sense. Uh, right. Well, they're they're acting under the constraints of whatever the system is that they're operating in. Yeah. You know. So in the case of the Epic launcher. People are emotionally invested in this previous platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, changing to a new platform means to them now having this sort of annoying thing of like running two clients, having two chat programs, two separate friends lists, two separate libraries. Well, the thing too is, yeah, it's, it's actually not even as simple as just you have this separate thing you have to go launch now. It's like, well, yeah, now now a weird subset of your friends are on it. Yeah. yeah and they all have different names probably now. And so there's actually a whole bunch of, of it's just annoying stuff. That gets, yeah, it's, it's, it's just annoying and people, people – And it's constantly annoying. It's not yeah. just I have another launcher now. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like you're going to move from Steam to Epic. You're just going to now yeah, also both. be yeah, on yeah. both. Um, and then if you throw things like Discord and maybe Slack and all these other things, mm. like other ways that people communicate with their gaming friends, uh, it quickly becomes a full-time job trying to keep up with all the shit that's going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, of course, people are already annoyed at the inconvenience. And then, like you said, once people are already annoyed, they come together on the internet and mm. feed each other. Yeah, right. They look they look for you know, validation of their anger. Yeah. Right? Um, and they find it, of course, because mm-hmm. the, internet easy to plenty, find. the internet has plenty of that. Um and and then they funnel that through the one means that they have of sort of sticking it to the the, the developer for putting them in that situation, which is the thumbs down on the yep. Steam or whatever. Um, so I mean, people are doing kind of exactly what you would expect them to do. Oh, yeah, it's just I like think. A, yeah. Well, it's, it's been an interesting thing as far as the design of level head goes because we've been there's basically anything you give players in a multiplayer context can and will be weaponized, and so we have to be we have to try to do these thought experiments to say, okay, like what if you don't like someone. Or what if the internet says, oh, this creator sucks, and then how could the entire – or like a large group of people essentially nuke that person's ability to publish and uh, like get their level seen by people? Is that possible? Uh, how can we make that not possible? You know, What are the other mechanisms? By or at use? least minimize the consequences of yeah. all these things. So it's been a it's, – it's, it's one of my least favorite things Dude, to think I mean, about because yeah. it's so annoying <laughs> to It's, it's simultaneously to very understandable and just – it makes it makes our lives really difficult yeah. as designers and developers. I mean, I just I just read an article over the weekend about a new policy that was implemented in uh, in World of Warcraft last week. About it was a, it was a hidden policy that wasn't really announced, but people quickly figured it out. Which is if you report a player um, and five uh, four other people also report that player in a short time span, that player immediately gets uh, suspended from the game. Oh God! And no. so so oh, it takes five God. reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, guess how many people you can queue up for most game content with yep. five, right? And so now in competitive PVP, which is like a 10 versus 10, uh, people have figured out the strategy to win is everybody report the other team's healer. Oh my God. And then they get, they get suspended for 30 days and then they have to, Their uh, account gets suspended for, they get immediately days? logged off of the game. They get, then they get suspended and then they have to, they have to like go in how, for how review. Can you even report other, the, you can't even understand the other team's chat. Uh, they, well, you can report them for things like wind trading and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so the, wow. so they have this. Apparently, this has always been in the game, but at some point, all of a sudden, the threshold dropped dramatically for what it takes to kind of like trigger this automatic response. This is one of those crazy things where it's like, how, but now it's weaponized, right? Yeah. So, how would you not recognize that? Going to get weaponized <laughs> immediately. Well, because we've been talking about happened. this when we're because we still haven't 
figured out exactly how we're going to do reporting mechanisms for like mm-hmm. level head levels. We, yeah, we still haven't implemented it because we haven't figured it out. Yeah, because because we know that the moment you give people an outlet to report bad content, they will also use it to take down stuff that that they just don't like or just to be a or dick. People. Well, no, yeah, yeah. It's more about the people. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, honestly, it's mostly about being a dick. I think I think yeah. more people are are trolls than they are like actively targeting individuals. That also happens, obviously. Yeah. But but the bigger problem is just that there will be people who just Report everything. Just report everything yep. because they think it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. And and that means that actually there can't be an, a fully automated consequence to a report uh, unless it also goes the other way. So that uh, – and we actually – so back back when I had a different username system and I had implemented a reporting mechanism, the way that it would work is that if you – every time you reported somebody, uh, the value of your future reports went down, mm-hmm. right? And this would like reset every month, right? Because the idea was that – that no one person will see more things that are worth reporting than anybody else mm-hmm. statistically, right? So if you're somebody who's like reporting ten times higher than average, you should basically be, your report should just have no effect, yeah. right? Because that means you're probably because you're probably asshole. trolling, yeah. Uh, and but that still, this all has to happen statistically, right? Which means that you don't get to just know ever if a report is real or if a report is somebody being an asshole. And I think probabilistically, it's, it's probably more likely that it's somebody being an asshole. I think so, yeah. Because people don't also don't really report stuff, yeah. right? And so what do you do then? Is it you need you need to provide a tool to help people like keep their environment clean, but it will almost entirely be used to make the environment dirtier. Yeah. You know? So so, so what do you do? And a lot of our solution <laughs> humans, is big. man. Yeah, a lot of our solution is big. Oh, you too, guys are so messy. <laughs> is is to minimize just how much damage a person can do so that things don't have to be re- or couldn't be reported because they can't yeah. be bad. Well, the funniest right? one is we finally had one of our testers build a level that actually spelled words in it. And it said uh, it said like this it just is said butterscotch shenanigans. This is butterscotch shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. Like huge in cloud block letters. And we looked at it and we were like, oh no. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I mean, this is really cute, but uh people are gonna write people are gonna write horrible things now. Which we right. already knew. We knew. Yeah. Um but it, it does it did take a long time before someone actually did it, which yeah. is interesting. But it will take literally zero seconds once it yeah. goes live for somebody to write something horrible. Probably with a dick underlining it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. That's how it works. <laughs> you know, the, the people who do both of those things are the same people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, which means that we don't, we can't get away with just not having a reporting mechanism. Yeah. You need one. And but so, we got to figure out how to not let it be weaponized. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. And a lot of the problem here, of course, is, is ideally you can have an automated consequence to reporting, but one where if you, if you are overzealous in your, and you're in the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And apply them very liberally so that people who maybe shouldn't have had them applied uh, still do anyway. If you have it be the case that, that just the amount of damage that gets done to the a person who was falsely accused mm-hmm. is just as low as possible so that we can not have to worry so much about it because we, if we remove the incentive for somebody just to be an asshole by reporting people, you know, all the time, all the time by making the consequences be just like really boring, right? but still have the consequences protect everybody else. Like we need to find that sweet spot, right? So that we don't have to have like manual fucking review and and all this kind of stuff that comes out of it. Uh, So it's going to be, it's going to be a thing. Yeah. It's been at the bottom of our to-do list for a long time because we we really don't want to deal with it. Uh, And the real problem is just going to be that those levels that get to the top are going to get reported. Yeah, they will. They're just going to get, people will be like, this is too hard. And then they report it. And or whatever. So, yeah. So it's not even because like, previously I was thinking it was as, as simple as just being like, well, like if we just kind of knock things, if we knock things visibility lower in the listing, if people report it, then that's basically sufficient because it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't hurt you if people don't play your, your level and level right. head, right? But then that means that you can knock somebody else's level below your level yeah. 
and now and, well, not, and not even b- below your level because the the reality is that there's going to be such a huge gulf between any two levels that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but it's just going to be that there will be people who just don't like the fact that other people are at the top. Yep. Yep. And they'll just they'll just bring those people down because they can. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, so we, we have to do something. We just, I just don't know what that's going to look like. We'll, we'll uh, I hope we'll figure it out. Fucking people. Yeah. So if you're, <laughs> and we, I think we say something like this every time, but if, 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 if you're a, if you're a listener and like, and you have realized that you've done some of these practices in the past, like, you know, oh, man, we'll, we'll forgive your past self. Just don't fucking do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. And, and, and I get it. Like, it's, it's just one of those things that you, you like realize this kind of fun, cute thing you could do where you can like harass this other player in this way that doesn't seem to matter that much. Uh, but that has a huge impact. Oh yeah. It takes, it takes a huge impact on, on the ecosystem that you're, it takes you're as much in. fun for us or as much time for us to make it fun as it does for us to protect you from yeah. other people. It's easily going to add, we're easily going to be have an additional month of development. Yeah. That's just about security and then, and protecting users from each other. Yes. Um, but it, yeah, that's just, I mean, that was part of the plan. Yeah. I mean, you we know, know we it's have It's always to. there. Uh, so. Just, just, you know, be aware if you, if you see people doing this kind of stuff, because uh, it's also easy to stand kind of idly by while it happens. Right. Because like, you're like, you're thinking, you're saying, you know, five people have to vote to cause this to happen. That means all fucking five of those people yeah. did it. Right? They have to be like, it's fine if we abuse this yeah. system. And yeah. And so, so I think there's, there's, the problem is there's a level of tolerance for this stuff that is way too high amongst even, even the people who aren't doing it. That makes it very easy for this stuff to 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 dominate. So you know, anyway, just try to call that shit out. Yeah, call mm-hmm. it out. Leave the world better than you found it. You know, one of those. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Let's get on to some questions. Let's do it. These questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. Uh, the new one, Fair the new podcast. Yeah, just, just go there. Go there. Ask questions. Vote on questions, and we will answer the top voted appropriate question yeah. uh, each week. And so from last week, the top voted question was from Afampi Lomhu. That's a pretty good one. Which is a Afampi randomly Lomhu. randomly generated rumpus username from our new uh, system. Which, by the way, you can change your username, but it looks like a lot of people have opted to stick with the weird names that we gave them. <laughs> which, which is a good is, choice. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. So Afampi Lomhu says... So this DevOps handbook says that there is never more than a single bottleneck in a value stream. Mm. Stuff piles up behind it and everybody in front is starved. So it seems that somebody should help uh, this poor bottleneck. But the guy with the shovel behind and the starving guy ahead are maybe not equipped to help. Which of the two do you think should help out? It does not matter, right? It doesn't matter because neither of them is able to operate properly. Yeah, so, so, both. so both should be both helping. Should be actually, actually, honestly, the entire team should be helping. Yeah. So this is actually this is exactly the idea, which is that swarming, you, swarming. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a, if you see an error, you see a, a just some problem in the in the stream, uh, you basically take your team and you just you swarm it and you kill it. You just like, you take the value stream offline mm-hmm. and then you nuke this problem. Yeah. So this is uh, in the Toyota production line. What do they call it? It's the cord or the Ido. It, so, I don't it remember. Starts with an A. It, starts, it does start with an A. Yeah, it starts with an that. A, and it's a cord. It's the <laughs> idea that like everybody on the line has a little cord that they can pull to stop the entire assembly line, the whole thing. And if they see any defect, period, mm-hmm. uh, they pull that cord, and they are required to pull the cord. It's mm-hmm. not like you know, just think about maybe trying to help us improve and our. They're quality. never punished for pulling the cord, yeah. and they pull the cord, and then everybody. All the executives, everybody, all the the plant managers, whatever they well, there's some down. sort of like a hierarchy that happens. So it's like first, like just the the floor manager comes over and is like, "Hey, what's going on?" And if they can resolve it in like, there's like a timer. If they can resolve that in thirty seconds, then they just do it. Mm-hmm. If yep. they can't, then they call in like the next group, and then this keeps on growing mm-hmm. until the problem is right. solved. Because they're basically saying like, 
if there's a problem at this point, then it's the, the problem goes. Yeah, yeah, the problem goes upstream. Yeah, and the we might have something... to go all the way upstream yeah. to the executives at the top yeah. to figure out yeah. what happened with this one bolt yeah. on this car, which yeah. is true. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a team effort. Well, when it comes to the whole point is that when it comes to to your bottleneck being a bottleneck, uh, your your secondary job, aside from of course doing your piece of work in the value stream, is to figure out how to relieve bottleneck relieve pressure. Bottleneck pressure. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of the case when we talked about uh, last week. I think that the amount of testing we're doing now and trying to make it so that when Seth goes to implement anything, whether it's art or it's some new web hooks or something like that, um, that it is easy to do and that it also works and that we are as close to 100% certain. Yeah, so that. it's important for the people who are then upstream of Seth as our, as our core bottleneck mm-hmm. to spend the any extra time required, like any yeah, extra time required. Literally any. To, to make sure that he doesn't have to do anything twice yeah. and that when he does things, it is as easy as it is possible right. to, to do. Yeah. Because um, our time is not the limiting factor. Yeah. Right. Because it's actually I, very freeing for the people who are not the bottleneck. It is. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I can – Oh, this is kind of messed up. Or let me, yeah, let me take I a little take bit the extra, extra time. time to make yeah. this be good, and you yeah. feel great about it, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, because what you're doing is a scenario where, for example, maybe we got a new web tool or something, and I'm like, "All right, time to integrate it." So I branch off of the main, uh, off of our mm-hmm. development branch. I start, I start implementing this thing. It's broken, and then we go back, and Adam's like, "Shit!" And then he's got to figure out how to fix it. And then I go mm-hmm. back, and I'm thinking, "Okay." What the fuck do I I'll do switch now? back over to the main branch and start working on other stuff. And now I've sort of task yeah, switched yeah, and now overhead costs go yeah. up. And then Adam's like, all right, it's fixed. Maybe the next morning or something. I'm like, all right. So then I switch back over and I'm like, where the fuck was I? And, and then I got to merge back in all your changes you made on. Yeah. Right. So the whole thing is messy yeah. and much more prone yeah. for having errors and all kinds of stuff versus just knowing like he pulls it in like, cool, it's going to work. So makes the changes, gets it all added, puts it back into the main branch. Mm-hmm. And then you're done. Yeah. Yep. So it's definitely both people's. Both people's jobs, but I think the, the interesting thing about the downstream person, so the person who comes after the bottleneck, um, who may be like in the in the question starved for the thing that they need to do the job that they're trying to do, um, is there are usually other tasks you can do outside of that value stream, especially in knowledge work that, that might relieve a bottleneck somewhere else. Yes. So, for example, you know, I do like I do some of the, the marketing stuff. I do like some other things that are design related that don't actually involve Seth at all. So, if it's the case that I'm actually waiting for something from the bottleneck and the bottleneck is a bottleneck and blocked up, then uh, I can just switch on to something else that doesn't add more work back into the stream in any way at any point for this particular person, but is instead, you know, hopping onto some other value stream. So that that way you're not creating work that then doubles back and creates more of a problem later on. Yeah. And I think we knew this intuitively back. Like when we were working on Crashlands, Sam made basically no art for the past at least like three like months, three or four months. Yeah, I was working on the the uh, campaign. I think I made the bosses. Yeah, so we made it? we made a we made a tool for Sam and Adam. So mm-hmm. Adam made a tool for Sam, and then later also Adam to build and and work on the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I had to do was basically build the game side implementation of those tools. But it's still the case to this day that I personally, even though I programmed the game, I personally have not played through all the quests. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I, people ask me about quests all the time in the discord. I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't even know where that is. Um, and it's because I was programming up to the last second, you know, trying to fix all the bugs, running the beta test and all that stuff. And that's kind of, that's fine. Yeah. Like that's, that's well, the but, proper way. Well, that was the smart it. way to do it because essentially what that meant was that we could build the campaign content without increasing work to the bottleneck. Yep. That was it. Right. Yep. And that's the whole point of like what a lot of the work that Adam ends up doing is building these tools that then allow us to not 
cause problems for the bottleneck yeah. or to relieve pressure in some way. But also the, the, you know, the bottleneck position itself, because you know, a big part of this question is just like, well, how do you relieve pressure if nobody involved can it like help with the bottleneck work, right? Uh, but part of it is the allowance for the person at the bottleneck to take the time to develop additional tooling, mm-hmm. right? Because the problem with the, with the bottleneck is that they're always feeling behind. They're always feeling rushed. They yeah. feel like they need to always produce. They need to always produce. And that actually creates additional problems for the bottleneck because now the bottleneck is basically – Piling features on top of features on top of features, which also means piling bugs on top of bugs on top of bugs. And they never get the opportunity to step back and say, how do I just fix some of my processes? And how do I how do I step back and just build some tooling that will speed up all future work? Because with when it comes to tooling and process improvements, uh, these things are exponential gains so that the the earlier you start, the more value you get out of them. And and Conversely, of course, later you start the less value you get out of them. So the the best time to fix your process is this very moment mm-hmm. or 10 years ago, right? Right. <laughs> right. So the next yeah. best time is right now. And so uh, and so as a team, if you recognize this fact and you can then collectively say like, okay, we're, we see that, that this bottleneck thing is a real issue right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just – we're not moving stuff through this fast enough because uh, it's just getting stuck here. So let's sit down. Let's take the time consciously to sit down and just talk – with the bottleneck about what can you do or can we do um, to improve these processes and make things move through here faster. Yeah. Right. And then, and then give that person the time to just be like, okay, if you, if you need a week to build some tooling that over six months, will then save two weeks yeah. and then over a year we'll save a month and whatever. Right. Like let's fucking take that week and do it. I mean, we did the same thing for the, the level head campaign. I basically yeah. spent, I spent a week, like, yeah, like I, I built the, the foundational tooling in the first two days for Sam to be able to start sort of assembling the campaign. Um, and then he started working on it, giving me some feedback. I'd add a few features, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I took a week to work on that. And then Sam was just off to the races. Yeah. And, and now it's we have a full now. suite of campaign tools, which we'll talk about later about mm-hmm. what the level head campaign really is. Um, but it's required minimal input from me yeah. going forward. Yeah, because now it's a tool. Yeah. And, and I think sitting down as a team and talking to the person who is responsible for, you know, or, or who is the bottleneck um, – and giving them the license to do those things is really important because mm-hmm. the psychological pressure that they're under it's is huge. That, yeah, they feel yeah. like they need to instantly respond to everything from the team. They always need to be working on the things that are the most visible, mm-hmm. like the things that the things that most clearly change the product. Yeah, because of course, everybody else is like everything takes long to go through the bottleneck. Like they want to see results, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you're like, well, I optimized everything, and they're like. What does that mean? Can we see it? Yeah. Okay. Nope. Well, no. Not only if you're on a bad <laughs> computer. Yeah. Well, I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- I mean, we found that basically sitting together as a team to go through all of our uh, production meetings to where we just say like, here's the shit that needs to get done. Here's the new things we thought of that we realized needs to get done or might need to get done or whatever. And then collectively deciding on what the priorities for those things are and why. Um, and doing that for each person on the team, including the bottleneck has probably been the most helpful for that because yeah. it allows everybody just to be exactly on the same page about what is, needs to happen and why. And, and then with with very conscious and explicit focus towards reducing entropy to make our future better. Yeah, where we well, basically say like some number of bugs had to be fixed at every every cycle, some number of chores that just ought to get done. Clean up. Clean up, documentation, refactors. refactoring. Just like there's some amount of a significant fraction, like a very significant fraction, like easily 20 to 30% or more of – the time for every little sprint that we do go, is now going into guaranteed just like clean up and improve yeah. and entropy yeah. reduction. And, and honestly, like for example, this last sprint that we did um, was just implementation for me. Like I had a yeah. couple new features, a whole bunch of new art, a whole bunch of new um, audio stuff. Mm-hmm. And what that means for me is that next sprint, I want to do almost exclusively cleanup. 
yeah. like exclusively bug fixing, exclusively mm-hmm. tightening up those systems, uh, making sure that they're integrated properly. Um, and, you know, basically talking to the team about, about the necessity for those things will save so much time yeah, in the yeah. future. Instead of, like you said, so sometimes we would hit a point where this is like, this is what happened with Crashlands is we would build features on top of bugs. So you yeah. like build a feature that produces 10 bugs. You don't, you don't know that they're there and you don't fix them all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you add a new feature that's, and then later when you go back, if you've ever had the experience where you go back and look at your code and you're like, this should not have been working. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's a dangerous well, and the, sentiment. And the weird thing is, <laughs> if you program like that, will happen a lot, like a, sh- a shocking yeah, amount. Happens. Yeah. There's no way around yeah. it. Where you realize that the only reason that the game or, or whatever the thing is that you built is functioning is because of a previous bug. Right. Because something else is broken and you built this new thing on top of the broken foundation. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that, you know, if you're getting into that situation, you're going to get to some real trouble. And this is partially why, you know, we, we haven't been able to update Crashlands as much as we want to. Yeah. Um, and it's because the code base is actually super we put it hard together to work on, yeah. as fast as possible and got out as fast as possible. And we didn't have any of these practices yeah. and that's just where it ended up. But yeah, it's, it's as fast as possible in the absence of these practices. Cause it, it is, it isn't true that adding these additional practices on top slows development down in the true. long term. Oh, we just didn't yeah. know. Any we better. just didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. We just, we just didn't know how to think about it in that way. Cause it always feels like taking the time to, to like document your work and to have a meeting to talk about what should be getting done. And it, all those things feel like just, difficult shitty overhead that slows you down or like or even just like fixing a bug that doesn't seem to matter very much right like all that feels unimportant and like you're not advancing the project um and so it requires just a cultural shift where you just you just embrace the testing matters testing matters Mm -hmm. fixing things matters and it's the quality is what it's it's the quality yeah basically where you say like features features of course what in the end what we're making right but features are the top of the pyramid not the not the bottom Mm -hmm. right and yeah. broken features aren't really doing anybody any favors. You no. know? Our players are pissed and then we're not sleeping and, and it's their hardest. The to whole fix. world is worse yeah. for right. it. <laughs> right. So I right, was going to the next question, which comes from Beaky Bopaboop. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good randomized. I like that. Yep. Uh, who says Beaky Bopaboop says, <laughs> says nice new page. I'm wondering why you decided to ditch the random names and went back to letting people being able to name themselves. Which also means this could be a name that this person chose. Could which be is extra awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as if the podcast page could allow you to see the questions answered in the newest podcast. So we're not going to do that because mm. we actually put it over on SoundCloud. Yeah, right? and then the description gets yeah the description gets that. So it's not like fully integrated. So it's kind of yeah. There's some redundancy involved. So for yeah. now, you just it just so sorry about that, Beaky Beaky Baba Boop. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be storing all the answered questions so that in the future, if we do like fully integrate it into our own thing or whatever, we'll be able to kind of do it in retrospect. Right. Um, so maybe when we displayed it on our page, we could sort of trim out the last yeah. piece of but the, then the description. RS, the RSS feed that we generate that everybody else uses will then like add the questions right. or whatever. So that's a possibility. And as far as the random name thing, um, we realized that. People might need or want to name themselves differently depending on the context. Mm-hmm. So uh, so now people have a rumpus – we call it an alias because it's not your username. It's not like what you log in with. It's just yeah. what you're known as. It's like a nickname. Mm-hmm. So now you've got your rumpus alias, which you can change to whatever you want. So that's the one um, you see on the website. That's the one you'll see like if you're in level head in the future and there's like five people logged in on the same device or whatever, right? Then like – You'll yeah, see yes, those usernames right. when you're trying to choose which one. Yeah, so that's your rumpus. It's your rumpus. We'll call it a nickname. It's your rumpus nickname. Um, but then you might also have a levelhead nickname, mm-hmm. which is going to be the, the name of your character that you're playing as in levelhead. Right. 
So I, I think maybe another way to think about it is like maybe if you go to the battle.net launcher, you've got a username there, but that's not the name of the, your character right. that you play as, yeah, exactly. you know, in Diablo or or whatever. Um, so so that's kind of the strategy we're taking with that. And we thought inside of Levelhead, where we are showing your name to potentially millions of people, including children, including children, maybe we're not going to let people just type whatever they want in that box. Yeah. And we're going to have some kind of like a weird, goofy name creator mm-hmm. system that you can use. But that's sort of curated by us so that we, you can make all kinds of goofy things like Beaky Bop Boop, but <laughs> still have a bunch of control over it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the context of the website, it's fine. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, the idea is on the website, like, because we still control where it's being shown to people. So that means anywhere we're going to show it to people, then we, we then I basically have to make a conscious decision. Like, given that people are going to have shitty usernames that will be offensive. Again, this uh, is one of those Because it's, it's the thing that people will have <laughs> if we let them choose whatever they want, right? Which is kind of what the origin of all this. Then is it okay for that to happen in this context? Like the the podcast page uses your rumpus alias, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and that's that's in large part because like people are opting into that system in this very it's it's already an explicit podcast. So and you're not, already, I'm not worried about profanity. But and you're already I'm, on the internet. You're already on the internet. It's like it's not, so it's more all bets are off. At that it's point. yeah, which isn't to say like if I see something horrible, then I'm going to let it slide, right? Yeah, we'll uh, still ban it. We'll but. still we'll still ban that user. We'll still do all those things. Um, but it's also an easier thing to moderate because not that yeah. not as many questions go through, which means and somebody's always reading them anyway. Yes. Uh, as in one of the staff is, right? Because we either – either uh, uh, Jen who does all of our our podcast listening and mm-hmm. question selection and stuff. Uh, so she li- she reads all the questions to choose like which ones are going to go uh, or we do sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So that means a human being from our studio reads every fucking question. Read them anyways. Basically. Read them anyway, which means that we can just moderate it while we're at yeah. it. And the moderation can be very easy because right now we just literally delete stuff. Yeah. Like it's – you just click a delete button and you're done, right? Uh, and if we want to add feature tools, we can do that if it becomes necessary. Mm-hmm. But in the context of of Levelhead, we're not going to see any of those usernames. There's, if if everything goes well, there's going to be millions of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can't. And there's going to be that that small, you know, one percent or whatever. But one percent of of a million is well, a lot yeah. It's of like if you load, if you're it's ten thousand, right? If you're flipping through bunch, the various right? browsers that Levelhead has, you're going to see you're going to see a lot of users. a shitload of users. Yeah. And so, like, even if it's even if it's point one percent, like. You flip through a couple of pages, or you couple go to a couple of different UIs. It's a very good chance you're going to see something, something bad, absolutely yeah. horrifying. And, and so, into. and in that context, we're not willing to allow that to be true no. because too of, bad. because of the target audience for this game, right? If we were making like just a gross as fuck, sexually explicit, explicit uh-huh. murder game, then maybe we would allow that. Mm-hmm. Right? But, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in this context, that actually depravity. Yeah, know. yeah, but we we don't want that there. So a lot of that. So yeah, as I said, this thing we basically split the concept, and we just said, okay. You have and different nicknames for different for places. different per, for different places for different purposes. And what I made instead was a generic system that allows us to just generate usernames hmm. just on the fly with like different, where we just specify what the context is. Where there's also basic reporting mechanisms for those things, but where the where the the system gets to decide how to interpret those mechanisms. So so like the the level head usernames have the same reporting tools that the website does. Yeah, I'm seeking like report a user and whatever, but the website could interpret it differently yeah. and have apply different consequences. Um, so that way we now have a lot of free, freedom and flexibility to decide just how bad is it if someone's a dick, mm-hmm. right? Because that's really what this comes down to. It might, yeah, it might be the case that it's a single player game and basically their stupid actions don't really affect anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. in which case like we don't we don't even worry about it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like uh, in, in Pokemon when you name your rival, you know? 
if you want to name your rival yeah. fuckface, <laughs> which or you do, which you always do, <laughs> right. more power to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're the only one seeing that. It's sort of your own in joke, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And you unfortunately, could, there's there's like really horrible stuff that you can also name them, which I just like wish people wouldn't do. But it only it doesn't impact people yeah, outside exactly. of yourself, yeah. right? And so, uh, so we don't have to try to police that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, so I will say Nintendo in the most recent Pokemon didn't stop me from naming my <laughs> rival fuckface. No, they, they did. Well, so I just had to spell it F-U-K face. Yeah, this is so the thing. Like, wow, they, they didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. This is the problem is you can't actually fight it. So you just have to decide how to handle the consequences. Yep. I still remember we were, we were back when we were talking about this, well, I don't know, months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. We saw a video of that old Spider-Man PlayStation game or something <laughs> oh, where or they, they apparently had just like a profanity like – Checker somewhere, yeah. Kind of thing. So if you entered a username, I think it was like for a final score. So I don't know what it was. Or I think it was for your save. For your save, maybe. Yeah. So when you entered a name in there, if it contained anything that was deemed offensive by whatever dictionary was in the game, then Spider-Man would come up and just punch it. <laughs> randomly, randomly turn it into something else. And randomly turn it into <laughs> something else. So someone so put punch in it ass. Off the screen. Yeah, they put in like ass and they hit enter, and Spider-Man just pops up and punches it, and then it turns into watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Which is. Which on the one hand was like fucking brilliant. We were kind of we were laughing about this, and Sam was like, "Can we implement something like this?" And I was like, "Well, no, because the problem is this now, now it's a game. Toy. It's yeah. now fun where people are trying to find like now they what want to swear know. words to Spider Man exactly because <laughs> they already have a high incentive to try to like figure out what spot what what uh, what offensive words they can use yeah. right um, yeah. because they want to use the most offensive words they can. Uh, and so as soon as you make a game out of it, so now it's not only there's a high incentive, but also it's fun it's, and hilarious. It's hilarious. Like, yeah. The best approach is to make it as mundane and quiet as possible. Yeah. So well, the best you, would be if you if you put ass in and hit enter, is then once you hit enter, it changes it to watermelon. And now you're locked now in. It's now saved. it's watermelon. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. This is the value of cooldowns, right? Yeah. Um, of, uh, of making it so people can't just change their, their – yeah. Well, we, we also talked about, you know, letting people name themselves whatever they want and then screening it on the other end and then just displaying something completely different. And that's different. actually how the original system worked. Is yeah. The original system, you name it anything, and then if it got a certain number of reports, then other users would just see a different It name. just be yeah. masked. The problem yeah. is yeah. that people self report. And also people yeah, would still people be People are still going to see it. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, yeah, you know, whatever. All right. We got time for one very quick one, which is from Metro Banana Man NL. Where does the name bug come from? Is it because it is a small thing that creeps into your game, just like real bugs creep into your house, uh, although not house-breaking normally? I think I've heard – I heard. A, I don't know if it's a myth. Yeah, it might be apocryphal. I don't you know. know but, yeah, yeah, but so, the idea like back in the old vacuum tube days, there was like a moth discovered in one of the tubes that was like – there was like some problem that they couldn't figure out. They were just like trying to solve this problem over and over and over again. And there couldn't was, figure out the fuck was going to like debug it. Well, I guess not the time they didn't they debug didn't it. They didn't debug it. They tried everything. They just took it apart. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then eventually found like in some vacuum tube somewhere there was just a dead moth. What I heard was the punch card machines mm. and they're like they put all their stuff in and then it wasn't working. They're like, what the fuck? And they pull it out to go, you know, there's there was like a code bug. and there was a bug that had gotten like smashed onto <laughs> someone. <laughs> that actually – could have happened. It totally could have yeah, happened. Or it could also be that a bug sort of got in one of the holes and straddled it so that it didn't look like a hole anymore. Mm-hmm. And then now all of a sudden a zero became a one. You got a hanging Chad situation. You got a hanging, yeah. got a hanging Chad bug. <laughs> yeah, so I think it must be something like that because yeah. I think otherwise it actually doesn't really make – it doesn't make any sense. But the, the fact that all of this stuff that's digital now used to be physical in some way yeah. means that probably we'll there were origins. literal animals yeah. smashed – Onto cards, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. in a way that was. So, so I think probably based on the question, probably probably yeah. yeah, it's some it's some small thing that gets into your system, and it's kind of hard to find it, and kind of mm-hmm. hard to stop it, and it seems small mm-hmm. and inconsequential, but, but it might can have you know, if it ends up in your spaghetti, you're like, well, this is ruined. Well, I think what's yeah. really fun about this though is if you think about you know a different like a parallel universe where it was something else that got in there for the first time. 
Yeah, that yeah. caused a problem. Like so they, dust. Yeah, they're like, oh, God, I got I got dust. I got to clear I gotta, up the dust I gotta in do here. Some dusting. Yeah, yep. actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, it works really yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> dust be good or wrench. They're like, oh, this dude just left a socket wrench inside yeah. the program yeah, this, machine. It's crazy, yeah. right? Because that, that means, that, like, especially if it was truly based off of one moment, right, where yeah. something happened, because. Because now think about how much of like just the world, like you, all of our tools that we use have a little bug icon, yep. right? The An icon that we made for our game is mm-hmm. a little bug, right? Because it's re- related to like trying to see if levels are any good yep. or whatever. Uh, all that stuff just wouldn't exist. Yeah. It would just be something be else. Something else. Yeah. I do I do like books uh, and sort of like in sci-fi novels and stuff that do a really – it's it's very rare where they do a good job of that that isn't just confusing, you know, yeah. where they like they just replace some concepts and some words. Uh, and I like that there's this Neil Stevenson book, Anathem, that's long as fuck, and, and nobody will read except for like me, apparently. But uh, <laughs> but it's sort of this alternate universe of math, right? Yeah. And so he takes all these like mathematical theorems and concepts and stuff, but then like somebody else invented them now, right? Mm-hmm. So it has a different name. Uh, oh yeah, you know, and there's like so there's like you know like we know Occam's razor, right? But in this one, it's like somebody's steel yard is like yep. the name of it, right? And so the first time you hear these things, you're like, the fuck is that? And then at some point, it just gets used in context, you and you're like, it. oh, it's the same right. thing. But like then he has a whole like he has a whole <laughs> history and a story and explanation for why it's called that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Which it ends up being very fun, and also it's just this fun reminder that just everything that we do is just stuff that other people, yeah, you're other just specific human beings, just invented and we stacked mm-hmm. on top of, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you hear about things like the Dunning Kruger effect and things like that. You know, it's just named after just named a couple of people. folks yeah. who thought of it. Yep. Yep. Could have turned out very differently. Well, yeah. Like in DNA, we refer to like there's the two strands of DNA, right? We refer to it as the Watson strand and the Crick strand. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like those are just some folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some people. There were folks that were looking at some, some microscopes. Yeah. One of them's super racist, which is then a bummer. There you go. How long yeah. ago it's was the that? racist strand? Oh, he still is. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was going to be like, oh, it was a long time ago. No, no, no. He still is. Man, there's no, there's, come on, man. Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's a whole, the whole story, because it's just one of these bummers. I guess that whole story is like, there was, there was a woman involved who actually did a whole bunch of yeah. the work and got no credit, right? And so now this thing is named after these two dudes. It's like, it's already, the whole thing about DNA is like kind of sexist already. And then one of the two guys like, keeps on making these comments about like the races and a genetic component and oh stuff, my right? God. Uh, to like, to, he actually like lost a whole bunch of his honors just like a few months ago, I think. Oh um, Cause he wouldn't, he just wouldn't, he just wouldn't <laughs> everyone's like, dude, you're just, you're really old. Like you've, you can got you this. Just, can you just not do it? Cause then we stop. don't have to yeah. deal with it. But he couldn't, he couldn't not, you know, he couldn't not. Yeah. He, he looked at the question. Can we not? And he, he said, said, I can't. No, not. I have to ruin everything. <laughs> I have to ruin everything. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net because over there, we have everything. We yeah, got just stuff go you to want. that one place. We got merch. We got uh, questions you can ask, questions you can vote on. We got episodes. We got all this stuff. Yeah, here's a trick. If you land on that page, scroll up a little, scroll down a little, whatever. You, just, you just move around. You're going to find you, all the things. It's all there. It's all there. Whatever you scroll to or from, you're there's, good. There's more stuff You're there. good. It's be great. All right, well, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.